This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. So what if I told you I was about to interview somebody who has won awards from Adweek and Forbes and all of these places since 2012 to 2016 being recognized for her youthful creativity and brilliance in digital and social media marketing. I bet you'd be pretty impressed, huh? Well, if you talk to her, Katrina Craigwell, who's the Global Director of Marketing Innovation at GE Digital, she'll tell you that those awards are a byproduct and not the goal. She's going to tell you about how she built her career using social and digital media and has landed in her absolute dream job. You won't only hear about her job at GE, you're going to hear about her perspectives on life and be prepared to just be totally energized and excited. She's a great interview. Take a listen. Welcome, Katrina, to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on today. And, you know, I'd love to hear the story of your career and how you got to where you are today, because I've read some fascinating things about you, and I I just love to hear the story from you. I hope I live up to whatever you read, but listen, thank you for having me on the show. It's, It's great to be here. So I have been at GE for just over five years, and um, I've been in some form of PR, social, digital media, marketing for 10 years, so um, right out of college. And uh, I'm actually, I'm Canadian, proud Canadian, so I I moved to New York um, after graduating. And uh, my first gig was with the Independent Film Channel. I wanted to work in uh, in the TV business as part of the, the marketing and, and then PR team and ended up doing a lot of early uh, digital promotion work, blogger outreach, uh, password protected screenings, um, mm. and just kind of falling in love with the, the, the whole kind of digital ecosystem and en- environment. And that was probably set me on my path. I uh, spent a couple of years at, at IFC. I worked for a group of startups for a very short time. And then I landed at a social media agency called Attention. It was right as the term was really starting to kind of uh, find its place as you were starting to see social media agencies popping up uh, to serve this kind of new set of voices, uh, blogger voices, uh, you know, online writers, uh, you know, social media voices. And so I spent a couple years there working on uh, TV brands, but also uh, getting exposure to lifestyle brands, uh, hotel brands, media brands, and under, really starting to think about what are the ways in which companies connect with their customers and with their advocate, build advocacy through digital. And what does that mean for how a company tells its story and shows up? And a couple years after that, I landed at GE as part of the global brand marketing team at GE Corporate in an original content role. And so it was, it was wonderful because I, I I maybe didn't know it at, at first pass, but figured it out pretty quickly. It was a really cool instance of kind of my love for content and video. I watched TV 
all, all over the top at this point, but I watch way too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming together with just, you know, I also kind of was a, a sci-fi geek growing up. Yep. And so it's probably one of the few companies where you, you get to both think about, you know, be part of a marketing team where you're really thinking about how are you as innovative in your marketing as you are in your jet engines and where you get to walk among jet engines and locomotives and um, power generation technology and these incredible, beautiful, big machines and really start to learn and understand how, how these systems and this, this infrastructure, the machinery and the data on top of it are, are really at the foundation of so many of our communities in ways that we might not even, even realize. And so that's, uh, that was my entrance to GE. And so GE is really known for their incredible social media presence and how they've really brought innovation and, and all of the innovation that they do to the forefront uh, using social media. How do you take things like jet engines and, and things that are more complex in nature around innovation and bring it to life in a, a digestible fashion for um, the masses, really, in social media? You know, it's about human connection. And so you have to kind of step back and say, I'm a person who loves the subject matter. And I'm very proud of this machine, this jet engine, this fan blade. And I'm going to, I want to talk to somebody else. I think there are other people out there who I'm going to connect with who also love the subject matter. And starting to connect on those passion points and those moments. So it's not about a long list of key messages. It's about finding the moment of wonder. And I think that's why early on, um, you know, in our latest brand storytelling journey at GE, we really started to lean into visual storytelling. One of the first mm. things that um, I did and, and, and worked on was launch our Instagram feed, um, you know, almost five years ago. And with the proposition being, if I give you a white paper on this, on this locomotive or on this gas engine, your eyes are probably going to glaze over, even though it's very important information. If I show it to you on a test site, in the middle of a, you know, an open field with mountains in the background um, or, or on the factory floor, a point of view that you know, not enough people get to, to see, that's maybe a way to connect and to kind of earn some attention. And I think when we, you know, social media is, content is a reflection of how people are, humans are connecting with each other, how they're yeah. finding connection. It's you know, as a result of internet connectivity, everything that we built on top of that and consumer technology. And that's what it's really about. It's about these new kind of human paradigms for connection. And so you kind of have to go back to that point to figure out what your journey is as a, as a brand, as a human, representing a brand, telling that story on social. You've been at this a long time. If you look at your, your history of being involved in the space, and you're very well known for being in the space, how have you seen it change over time from when you were at the IFC to when you were at Attention, really looking at, at your, your career trajectory and social media's uh, trajectory of growth and, and kind of mass adoption, how have you seen it change over time? And what, what do you see as being one of the more significant changes? You know, I think there's, I, I mean, it's an incredible thing to have participated in over now about 10 years, right? And I think that a few things come to mind. One is the democratization of media and voice and story mm. and where critical information comes from. So, you know, nine years ago when we were doing blogger outreach, you had to convince people 
Um, and it's, that's what happens with change, right? That this was a valuable kind of shift in the paradigm, that there were voices who were, who were coming up online non-traditionally um, that were incredibly powerful and important and that needed to, to be you know, worked with in a certain way. And I think that was kind of the very beginning of what we see now, which is each platform grows its own creator community, its own community of voices that are creating content and experiences that are um, unique and new each time, whether you're on YouTube, right? You're working with, you're, you're enjoying the content from creators. You're working with creators who are doing things like breaking the fourth wall right away, talking yeah. to fans with so much emotion. Um, I remember going to VidCon maybe three years ago and it was like, it was an awakening because here you were seeing YouTube um, creators and their audiences and their fans who had built such deep emotional connections, possibly without meeting, you know, without ever having met each other through the YouTube, through the YouTube channel, through the computer, you know, through the, through the webcam and, um, we're kind of, you know, embracing each other, we're running towards each other, just this completely different way for voices and their audiences to participate. Same thing on Instagram. Early on, there was a stat 90, 99% of users on Instagram considered themselves semi-pro photographers. And, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting stat. It was, you know, it was kind of like, okay, that's, you know, that's cool. We'll see what, what comes of that. Um, but it was really, really important. It was a beautiful stat because what you actually, you know, what, what happened was it kind of gave rise to a whole new set of, of photography talent and accelerated their paths. And they were using the platform in ways that, um, you know, you, you might not think of traditionally. Uh, and so you could say Snapchat, Vine, you could say for every single one of these. And I think that's been an amazing, it's just opened the door for more expression uh, in a beautiful way. You know, I think the other thing is you look at the immersiveness of technology and consumer tech. So I spent a, 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 a lot of time recently in the last couple of years um, creating experiences for virtual reality, thinking about virtual reality, thinking about augmented reality. Yep. And also the, um, you know, the growth of global connectivity and mobile devices, which still has a long way to go, right? You start to think about how society and community is going to come together is going to, could come together in, in virtual environments in ways that we didn't expect that break down, that maybe break down some of the barriers that we know. So you put on that headset, uh, a VR headset, for example, and, um, you know, you could suddenly be in a world with, um, someone from, uh, you know, India and Brazil and South Africa, uh, and you've come together now in a virtual environment where where you're all you're all your own avatars and and all you know is that world and that moment and that connection. And so when you start to think about that and the depth of emotional experience that you can that will start to be generated or could start to be generated out of some of this technology, it's quite meaningful, right? If you fall in love with somebody in in virtual reality, you have an, an experience in virtual reality. When and how or, or why is that experience less meaningful than what happens? In, in real reality and, and just kind of, you know, you get into some of the, kind of those existential questions. So I think those are some of the things that stick out to me that inspire me as I've kind of been on this journey now for, for some time. It's really incredible what you talk about and, and, and not just the change of what's happened, but the change of what's happening. And I, I would assume that in your role as director of marketing innovation, you're always looking at what's next and always looking at what's, what's moving forward in the marketing world. We absolutely are. And, you know, I, I so I spent my first um, five years at GE as part of the corporate 
brand marketing team. And, and in the last couple of months, I've joined our GE digital division, which is, uh, you know, less than a year old. Um, and it's, it's really tasked with um, building the, uh, the industrial kind of computing platform and software solutions that are going to help take our machines, take our wind farms, take our rail systems, uh, take our power generation, uh, uh, our power plants, and uh, harness the data that's coming off of those machines as they operate and give our customers insight about what's really happening with that machine, how to increase its life cycle, how to increase productivity. And so, you know, it's, it's, not only keeping an eye on what's to come in marketing, but also supporting the, the entire business, right, or being part of that journey of the business of staying at the cutting edge of the future of industry. And oh. that's that's a really cool, you know, it's just like so grateful. It's it's such a cool place to be. Um, you know, I was just going to say, you must never get bored. I can't imagine you would get bored. It's pretty incredible. You know, it's it's incredible. Uh, it's definitely a, a company and, and a team with a lot of purpose. And so, no, I don't I don't get bored. I love it. And also, you know, when I was looking at your story and I was looking at all about you, I was so excited that you were coming on the show. You've been named more things than I think I can count on the ad ages, Creativity 50 in 2012, Forbes 30 under 30 in marketing advertising in 2014. Young Influentials and Creative 100 in 2015. And for 2016, I'm looking at Adweek's most influential women in media, I believe, in marketing and media. That's pretty amazing. Talk to me a little bit. I have a a lot of young listeners Mm -hmm. that are coming up in their careers and look for and see this kind of recognition as something to strive for. Tell me a little bit about that. Did you focus on building a personal brand? Did this kind of just happen that you just got noticed? How did this come to be? You know, first I have to say that it, it's, uh, it's very kind of you. It's unbelievable. That. It is. It's definitely an honor and it's humbling. And it's, um, you know, I would say I've learned a lot of really, really important lessons, especially probably in the second half of my journey and especially in the last three, three years. And I think that and, and GE is, is known for its leadership development. It's tremendous in that respect. So the first thing that I'd say to anyone listening is if you are at a company that has, has development opportunities, leadership development opportunities, mm. soak them up. Show up to as many of them as, as you can get approval for. And yep. if you aren't, and you're, but you're at a company that supports education or you can advocate for yourself to, to get some of that, it is invaluable. I've had a, a fabulous uh, coach for a number of years now to go along with some of, of the, the leadership development programs that I've been able to participate in. Also fabulous. It's all about the tools that you can kind of accumulate that will help you be your, be your understand kind of where, you, where your pitfalls are and be your best self. And I think at a certain point, you know, we're all capable marketers. We all know who to call. We all know how to define, determine, execute strategy. And, but at a certain point, it comes down to relationships and um, trust. Mm. And the trust that you have with your colleagues, with your higher-ups, with your team, if you have a team, and um, being able to come together to solve new challenges, marketing opportunities, from a place of safety and trust. And I think that has been, you know, it's not about do I know how to run a hashtag strategy on Twitter or do I know how to come up with the right, think about Snapchat geo filters. It has been about team and trust. I think one of the things that's critical in success is 
uh, humility yeah. and really understanding that that is a, it's privilege to be out in front and it's a function of, of a team effort. I often look for opportunities now where, you know, it doesn't need to just be me out there on stage. I, I work with fabulous talent female and male. I have a fabulous team. And so it's kind of, uh, you know, all boats rise and all boats should rise. So those are some of the things that I've really taken with me, especially over the last three to four years. And then I think it's really important to love what you do. And if you don't love what you do, dig into that. And there's a lot of reasons that could lead us to not loving what we, we do. It could be the people around us. It could be where we are at. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be that we need to kind of experiment with a couple of different decisions, but it's critical. And it's both about being in a good place in, in your personal life uh, and in your professional life. I don't, you know, it's very hard to find true separation in that because you are who you are when you come to work. So those are a few of the things that I would say to anyone. Hopefully, at the end of the day, you're great at what you do. You're able to build and foster great trust around you, a great enjoyment of work. And accolades and recognition should be a byproduct of all of that, right? Not the goal. Love it. And, you know, it's interesting what you said about the personal and professional blending, because as social media uh, has become more prominent, it, it, there is a blend, right? There is a kind of opening of all of it, of your personal and professional. And, you know, I ask a lot of my guests on the show, when you get home, are you able to kind of shut it all off when you work in that space? Are you able to uh, not be looking at social profiles, not be uh, immersed in your workspace when you get home now that you have, you know, used, we used to not have the phones home with us at all yeah. times. And when we did, we, they were Blackberries and it was a totally different experience. You weren't online all the time. And so for you, are you able to kind of get home and shut it off or is it just a part and woven into everything that you do because you love what you do? You know, it's a great question and it's something that I work on. Because I think it's important to shut it off. And I think, you know, maybe kind of the classification of shutting it off is hard, right? Because when you shut it off, what you're actually doing is turning something else on. You're making room for something else in your brain, some other experience. One of the things that I think is important that I'm always thinking about that I, you know, when when we hear from some of the folks that, that speak to us as leaders, they talk about it, is balance, right? If your brain is on all the time, uh, turning around the same the same challenges and the same issues all the time, you're going to burn out. So how do you how do you protect and take care of of your headspace so that you're you're maximizing your output in every situation? Mm. And um, you know I, I have a, a fabulous uh, boyfriend partner who will sometimes just kind of you know gently swap my phone out of my hands and <laughs> you know when it's time to focus on you know, Game of Thrones instead yep. of uh, going through the feed. But it is, it is really important because we aren't just our jobs. We are our jobs. We are our families. We are our communities. And I think we all strive to really um, succeed in all of those areas. And they, they, all, they all kind of feed into each other. And so I think for me, I really value sleep. I really value exercise. And these, it sounds like, oh, you know, indulgences, they aren't. So when right. I leave for a soul cycle class, I leave for a soul cycle class. Yep. And I really value diet. So I think that a lot of, especially when you're busy all day, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to watch what you're eating. It's hard to eat well. And it's not about how much you're eating. It's about what you're eating. Yep. It's about, you know, the processed foods, the sugars, et cetera. I'm a big fan of, uh, I've been using plated quite a bit. Yep. Love plated. A big fan, plated blue apron, pick whichever one, but you feel different, right? When I cook at home, I feel different four days later. That has implications that, you know, 
go all the way to how do, how do I feel when I'm on the phone? How do I feel when, when I'm on the phone on an important conference call? How do I feel when I'm with my team? And so I really think, you know, it's not just about how do you unplug. It's how do you plug in the right things to give you that mix of being able to just crush it when you need to crush it. Love it. So Katrina, where should people follow you if they want to connect with you? Where's the best network? Follow me on Twitter. I'm at K Craigwell. Also on Instagram at K Craigwell, though I post less frequently, but I would, I'd love to chat with anyone on, uh, on either of those platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.